0: This is the OT Fancy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew, and I'm here with my favorite 3 for one trade package. Stephen Galindo, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, as always. Um, I gotta say this. I, I didn't pull off the win this week in the in the home league, which was kind of uh, upsetting. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me a little frustrated that the person I went up against, like every single player of his, hit 20-plus points. And it's like, your team has never done that all season and come you know the very end when i'm I'm trying to lock in my playoff spot your team decides to step it up but hey you know what that's fantasy football mm-hmm. it gets very emotional it is what it is but here we are heading into week 13 um I think this is you know second to last week of the regular season for fantasy
0: before um, before before mm-hmm. we get into week 13 I need to ask you this because as someone who watched a bunch of players just light it up was it more exhausting watching your team this week because there was four days basically, or yeah, four days of football? Yeah, no, like,
1: like I mentioned in the last episode, like Thanksgiving week is like, so mentally exhausting because some of your players might play on Thursday. For instance, half your team plays on Thursday and then you have to wait till Sunday. For me, I had like a guy go Thursday. I had a guy go Friday, Friday, and then I had most of my guys go Sunday, and then I had I think two players go Monday. So it was really exhausting because like I felt like I was still in it all the way until the end. Mm-hmm. And um, once halftime hit of the Monday night football game, I was like, "Yeah, Justin Fields isn't putting up
0: twenty five points." So, <laughs> so yeah, I was in a I similar. I was in a similar situation. So, it well not similar, but like me and my opponent, I played the in our home league. We had we played. I played against the first place team. And the Thursday games come along. We both have players that do well. And, but, and then the Friday game comes along. He has Tyreek Hill and and he, he, you know, does what Tyreek Hill does. And I was like, okay. And then we both had like barely any players play in the Sunday morning games, but I had the rest of my team, which was like four or five players play Sunday night. And then my opponent had four or five players that played Monday night and I barely. Pull through Sunday with barely even like 90 points or something like that. And I was like, dude, I needed an absolute masterpiece of a Monday night game. I needed both teams to have ass in their veins. And it worked out perfectly. I ended up still winning. And it was something I didn't expect. I'm able to survive, move on to the next week. I've increased my playoff chances probably by like 10%. Like <laughs> it was absolutely everything I needed, but it was mentally exhausting we have a trade deadline coming up tomorrow morning and i haven't been able to think about trade once those thanksgiving
1: those actually the trade deadline is going to happen probably a couple hours after this episode drops yeah so if there is not an episode next week that means one of us isn't here anymore
0: so So, because i was like this trade deadline's approaching i was like i should probably start trying to throw trades out there but my brain could not think about trades through those four days of games. I just couldn't do it. And then now that it's we had time to come down, I have like an afternoon now to figure out how, how, how I'm, I'm going to make my team better. And and what well, sucks is this league sucks at
1: negotiating or just yeah. trade talks in general. Like it's, it's it never comes to a medium, you know, like usually, you know, you have to let go a lot more than you want. And I understand there's give and take in trade talks. But I feel like there's maybe a handful, like three or four um, teams in the league who actually have decent trade talks and are realistic and will actually try to fix the holes of their team. And then other teams, I just feel like they're asking for like your best player for like a bench player that they've never played <laughs> all season.
0: So I'll admit, like I guess this is just fun banter real quick. I am someone who will lowball everyone right off the bat. It's just it's part of my DNA. And it's not that I'm necessarily like, hey, this is the trade that I think is going to happen. It's more so like, hey, I'm letting you know I'm interested in this player and I'm throwing out a lowball offer. Do you want to counter with a better offer? And usually nobody counters and they just think I'm a bad trade person. The only person or there's a couple people in this league. I would say the commissioner and then yourself is that we do get, we do kind of skip through the BS low ball process and we get straight to like, all right, let's talk about how we're going to get this trade done. But me and you have been discussing a trade for like two and a half weeks already and it hasn't happened yet, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) it's,
1: it's hard to let go somebody who's putting up points, you know, and, and buying, buying the name, not the production so much yet, but the name You just have to believe in the player and, you know, like, I don't know. I'm like at the, I'm at the cusp of like, do I believe in them to end the season strong? mm -hmm. Or, you know, do I feel like maybe it's just, it's just not going to happen, you know? I feel
0: like we have a trade in mind. We'll, we'll discuss it next week if we actually pull it off or not. But, uh, it's, it's more so for me, it's like fine tuning the margins of the trade. (laughs) yeah if we can't figure that out then i don't know what's gonna happen but uh yeah well we'll just stick
1: with what we got and we'll roll we're rolling the playoffs with you know what we got but uh as always you know we're gonna um just go over some injuries real quick fantasy related um i think uh, a big one that happened this weekend was uh was uh Actually, this didn't happen during the game, or it did happen during the game, but it wasn't announced during the game, was Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Reports came out uh, Tuesday that he injured his thumb and that there's a possibility that he's going to miss this week. He might miss multiple games. He might be put on IR. There hasn't been any solid reports kind of of what it is or what the severity of the injury is. So, we'll just have to keep an eye on that, but if you're a Zach Moss owner, you must be feeling good right now. And if Zach Moss is on your waivers, I would definitely look to pick him up this week if you can. Waivers might have already passed, but hey, maybe people aren't paying attention to the news because, you know, it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Pick up Zach Moss, trade for Zach Moss. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, you're going to have to give up much to acquire Zach Moss. And who knows also, like
0: if, if Jonathan Taylor plays then.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you, know, you never know if Jonathan Taylor plays. and Or they might cut his snaps. Because it makes sense why the snap percentage in the, in the workload was kind of similar. Like half and half this week. Mm-hmm. So that might be something going forward. Um, another person who got injured was Chris Olave. I believe he was ruled out with a concussion. So he'll be in the protocol. So typically when players get ruled out on Sunday or Monday for a concussion, they typically don't make it back the following week for the game. Usually they miss at least one game. So keep an eye on that. Um, Hopefully, you know, he recovers and and you got him for, you know, the following week or playoffs when that starts in a couple weeks. Amari Cooper, wide receiver for the the Cleveland Browns. um, He was ruled out with a rib injury. He took a pretty hard hit. he went up for a ball, jumped up off the ground, and then the safety, I think, just took his ribs out. So um, he immediately went to the ground in pain, and then he you know, he was helped off the field. So it doesn't look like he has any fractures. X-rays came back negative, but it'll be something to monitor if they uh, decide to rest him this week or not. Yep. Um, I mean, that's kind of it on the offensive end regarding – Um, oh i'm sorry demario douglas who's kind of an under the radar wide receiver i would say uh high-end wide receiver three low-end wide receiver two if he has a good game um he was ruled out with a head injury against the giants this week um patriots in general though i don't know if you're really starting any patriots (laughs) so other than like stevenson but uh those are your main offensive injuries there were a couple significant defensive injuries miles garrett um, was injured his uh left arm was in a sling after the game so he will undergo an MRI and we'll see you know how that turns out if he does miss time that's a pretty big blow to the Cleveland defense and then Fletcher Cox had a groin injury from the Philadelphia Eagles again he's a pretty solid uh, defensive line IDP um, and it's just in real life like he causes a lot of disruption for quarterbacks so um, that's something to monitor as well.
0: I love that we're doing IDP injury updates. You know, you you might have just saved someone two and a half points right there. I, I you know, thank you, Steven.
1: I got to say this real quick because I haven't really got into deep discussion about this, but I don't really, when it comes draft time, because we're, you know, our home league is IDP. I usually don't draft defensive players other than a linebacker. because you can kind of you know linebackers they put up you know eight plus points a game Mm -hmm. so that's pretty you know solid numbers but when it comes to defensive line and like uh, secondary i usually wait until the season starts and i start you know figuring out which which uh you know defensive back or which defensive lineman usually an edge rusher who's going to kind of have a good season um because there are some steals out there you know like if a defensive lineman is putting up five, six, seven points a game, Mm -hmm. like that's pretty solid for a defensive lineman. Like you're getting basically like a low end flex every single week in a defensive line spot. So those are things to, you know, don't overlook IDP spots. They're very important. I happen to fall on a decent linebacker this year and um, you know, it's, it's paying off for me. So
0: speaking of IDPs, and if we're, if, we're, if we're just tangenting, then I'm want I want, I'm going to say this into the podcast. I was actually going to hit you up about this one day, just sidebarring, but we're on the podcast. We have a mic in front of us. Let's just do this. I had two ideas for a league one time. One was just a straight-up no-skill players, no QBs, just IDPs. There's only defensive players you could draft, and you have to have literally like 11 players uh, playing – Basically every position on your defense, and you just have a league where it's just defensive players. Would that's you be cool. would, would you be interested in playing in that league?
1: <laughs> I would definitely play in that league. You're probably going to get like you know forty, fifty points a game, but yeah, that's pretty cool to like kind but, of uh,
0: like the one the, the 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 one player that week that goes off for a pick six is just going to absolutely <laughs> blow out everyone and for points four that week. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I mean.
0: That'd be really cool. And and then I had an idea once, and since I'm bringing up leagues, I just thought, how how would you feel one day, you know, if we took 12 people and we basically did what we call like a fantasy football cup, and we we drafted, I don't know, in the 10th week... (laughs) everyone knows how the season's going. Everyone knows how everyone's playing. So everyone's aware of the league. You draft in ten. You draft week ten. Basically, you do a group stage, and then you have the playoffs three weeks later.
1: Mm-hmm. I see. Like you play everybody in your division once. Mm-hmm. You get you know points for the wins, and then you get seated that way.
0: Yeah, and then you just have a playoff just. Basically, you just raw dog a playoff after drafting your team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that
0: sounds pretty cool too. All right, I, I, just ideas that popped in my head. You know, I drank a warm soda once, and I just like just popped in my head.
1: It had to be a warm Pepsi.
0: Yeah. Did you know you could probably die if you drink a, a warm RC cola? No, I never <laughs> heard that before. No, it's because I've done it, and I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Let's go back to football. All
1: right. All right. Back to football. We're gonna do a little different this week. Um instead of giving you boom bus and out of the stadium, because by now you're fighting for a playoff spot, you're fighting for seating, you're not playing out of the stadium, guys. Um we're gonna do a high ceiling, safe floor, and lower expectation pick um going into week thirteen. Real quick before we hit week 13 um you know our three players here how about those Green Bay Packers <laughs> beating the Detroit Lions somebody said that on the last episode i can't remember they called it out i don't know who but hey things happen in the league who called out the Texans battling for the number 1 spot or the the division uh the division win or the division uh, crown at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, you know hey, what, Juggernaut yeah. Texas. Hey. You know what? On this podcast, we're right one hundred percent, eighty percent of the time, right? So there yeah. you go. You know, we, we say we you say a bunch of dumb shit enough times, you're going to get something. You're going to get something right. Yeah. And Who
1: said Derek Henry isn't washed yet?
0: Oh well, well you know what. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I might have been wrong about Derrick Henry, but I was right about 28 year old uh, running backs last week because Austin Eckler let me down.
1: <laughs> he, granted, he played the Baltimore Ravens, who are like one of the top three defenses against the run. Just in general, I think in just a lot in points allowed and yards allowed. So, if you watch that game, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the box score shows, but it was. It was kind of painful for Austin Eckler. He think I think he did fumble once or twice. He did, and yeah, that that <laughs> hurts. Well, at least you didn't see Justin Fields fumble twice. You know, when the game oh, was yeah. on line for you. So. Oh yeah. Well. But anyways, let me hand it over to Brian, who's going to give you his high ceiling pick of the week. Somebody who, if you're looking to hey, you know what, I need to score as many points as I possibly can, I can't play it safe here's uh, whoa, excuse me, here's somebody <laughs> here's somebody who has that high ceiling um and you know that possible breakout potential uh or I shouldn't say breakout, but boom potential to give you you know twenty plus fantasy points. take it so away, I, Brian,
0: so I'm going with a rookie. I've drafted a lot of rookies throughout all my fantasy leagues, and I decided not to draft this guy. And it's funny because when me and you were doing mock drafts, I picked this guy up, I feel like, almost every mock draft. But when it came to real drafting, I decided, no, I'm okay. I'm still not quite sure about this offense. But it turns out to be one of the better offenses in the league, and that's the Houston Texans offense. And they're led by a rookie quarterback, but I'm talking about a rookie wide receiver, Tank Dell. It's projected around 13 to 14 points in your league. It depends on if you're PPR or half PPR. And he's gotten in his last four weeks, you know, it depends on your point structure, but around 27 points, 16 points, 25 points, and 14 points. He is someone who could go off. And keep in mind, when he was going off on those points, he probably wasn't projected in double digits. Like, he was getting you 24 points, 60 points earlier in the year. He hasn't hit single digits since week eight. He is putting himself in a position to be an elite wide receiver. He is currently the 11th-ranked wide receiver in the NFL, and he's only going to get better. And this week, he has a pretty decent – I wouldn't say it's decent. I would say Denver. You know, they've been playing pretty tough the last few weeks, but I expect Tank Dell to – and I expect Tank Dell in this Texas offense to just keep rolling, and I expect Tank Dell to get over twenty something points this week.
1: Dan, that's a pretty bold take. Um, I have to agree, though. I think Tank Dell has that high ceiling, that that boom weekly potential. Um, I know he only put up fourteen points this week, but he had a sixty-two yard reception called back mm-hmm. for an illegal shift, which would have put him over the twenty point mark. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. Surprisingly, I think the Broncos are going to have one of their highest scoring games of the year because the Texans defense for some reason, like the offense is putting up a lot of points, the defense allows a good amount of points. Um, against the pass the Texans allow, um, well fantasy wise the Texans allow about 32 points to wide receivers uh, as the Denver Broncos allow 27 points to wide receivers but I'm throwing out the data on this one because the trend has been shootout after shootout after shootout Mm -hmm. with these Texans, and I think it's going to continue. I think you're going to have a strong game from Tank Dell. You're going to have a strong game from Russell Wilson. Broncos country, let's ride. (laughs) You're going to have a strong game from Cortland Sutton. I think Nico Collins is going to give you some decent amount of points. Um, I think Devin
0: Singletary is going to have a decent game himself too. Devin
1: Singleton. Now, here's the thing. Let me ask you this real quick since yeah. we're on the Texans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know you had Damian Pierce. Yeah. You gave up hope on him. You dropped him to the waivers. I picked him up hoping that there's just some glimpse of you know, a resurgence to last year's form. They have a decent schedule coming up. They think they play Denver this week. I don't know who they play next week, but their fantasy playoff schedule is the Titans twice in Cleveland, I think which that's a pretty tough game, but do you think there's a possibility that because Denver is one of the um, lower-end teams when it comes to running back points, they're actually ranked last. They give up 30 points um, to running backs. Do you think that this is a game where you can start Damian Pierce?
0: No. I no. Damian Pierce is clearly in... You have to see it to believe it, territory. And then, when you finally see it, it might be too late. So, <laughs> <It's like
1: laughs> when know? you finally see it, you got to see it again. Yeah,
0: like it's yeah. Like, uh, like, all right, like you said, like the Broncos might give up some points. And I really do think for you to feel comfortable starting Damon Pierce, that you would have to see something happen to Devin Singletary, like whether it he fumbles and the coach loses faith in him, he he just can't get it done running between the tackles, or he straight up gets hurt. Something would have to happen for Dingleton, like Devin Singletary, would have to slow down significantly for the team. I think to have faith in Damian Pierce moving forward, and like I said, you have to see it, and then you're going to start thinking, like, well, that happened against the Broncos, but, can, but that can, can that happen against the next team? And then you have to see it again. And then if Damian Pierce can get you ten plus points two weeks in a row, then I would say you're comfortable. But I don't think anyone would feel comfortable starting him this week yet. Like, yeah, like, I agree. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, well, let me give you my high-ceiling pick of the week. It is Isaiah Pacheco of the Kansas City Chiefs running back. He had a monster game last week against the Raiders. He plays Green Bay this week. They actually have to travel up to Lambeau Field, so they're playing in Green Bay. But I think Green Bay isn't going to be a tough defense uh, we just saw the Detroit Lions have success running the ball against them. Um, I think Isaiah Pacheco, if Jarek McKinnon sits again, is obviously a must-start. I think he's a must-start even if McKinnon's in place. Mm-hmm. But Isaiah Pacheco runs hard. There's not a lot of um, other stuff going for the Chiefs right now, unfortunately. I think Isaiah Pacheco is is uh if you have him, you're in you're in good shape. Uh they have an easier uh playoff schedule. They play New England, Las Vegas again, and then Cincinnati. Those are all teams that aren't that scary against the run. Um so Isaiah Pacheco is my high ceiling pick.
0: Alright. Do you think Isaiah Pacheco would play better with or without Taylor Swift at the game?
1: I haven't seen his stats with or without taylor swift but it okay. seems that the chiefs in general play better when taylor swift is there and so i guess <laughs> if i had to not by choice but more so forcing my hand um i would be okay with taylor swift being at
0: the game i just wanted to get you to talk about taylor swift on our podcast yeah it hurts <laughs> i <It hurts laughs> talking about taylor swift i'm really high on pacheco he he had probably a safe floor high ceiling for most of the year. He was getting single digits for about three weeks in a row, I believe. And then he had a monster game. I, I'm I'm actually I'm pretty high on Isaiah Pacheco. Like he's one of those players that even when he gets single digits, you have faith that as long as the Chiefs put him in position to be successful, he'll be okay. And the Chiefs have the talent you know, even though some some weeks it looks better than others, like the chiefs have the talent to, to set up Isaiah right, so it's one of those things where and it seems like they're really buying in on getting getting Isaiah some run in the goal in the goal line, the red zone and stuff like that like usually those are just like pitch passes to Kelsey, but this year it seems like they're giving Isaiah Pacheco the rock and
1: i have to say I have to say that I am happy that they're finally running the ball. On the three-yard mm-hmm. line, on the two-yard line, on the one-yard yeah. line. I where years pass. They throw a bubble screen or they do some stupid <laughs> uh, shovel pass play, and it's just like run the damn ball in the in the end zone. And and now that they have Isaiah Pacheco, you know, because uh, I think you know they had that hope for Ceh, mm-hmm. but he wasn't getting in the end zone. And you know, with Isaiah Pacheco, he gets in the end zone. So
0: yeah, I agree. Who who's your safe floor?
1: My safe floor is Michael Pittman, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. It seems that this guy is putting up points and not scoring touchdowns. And it doesn't get any safer than that. He's probably averaging, you know, I don't have the data right in front of me, but he's probably averaging 8 to 10 targets a game. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a favorite target of Gardner Minshew. Seems like he's pretty much matchup proof. He's getting, you know, like I said, double-digit fantasy points, and this is just off of receptions and yardage alone so if he gets in the end zone i mean you're gonna have a 20 plus point you know day so i believe this week this week they're taking on the tennessee titans who aren't that scary against the pass so i think uh there's a good chance for him to to get the into the end zone this week and um he is a safe play even in the fantasy playoffs as well
0: yeah I, I I like that one a lot. Like he's 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 been on my trade radar for a while, you know, S C, you know, and he comes with the fight on tax, as I like to call it, you know. He's super consistent. Me and you, I'll admit, we're a little low on him because we weren't sure if Anthony Richardson was gonna give him the ball this year, but you know, it turns out it doesn't matter who his quarterback is, he's gonna give you a consistent double digit outing every week, whether he's in the end zone or not. And that those are the players that, in my opinion, when you're drafting every year, those are the players you want. Like, yes, you want players that could get into the end zone, but the players that could give you double-digit points without getting in the end zone, those are the players that you want. Because, like, once they do get in the end zone, then you're looking at 20-something points a week, right? It's, like, Michael Pittman, if you have him on your roster, great pickup, good foresight. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll admit I was wrong on Michael Pittman. I I was kind of stay away territory but uh once I looked at his numbers and realized he was putting up he was putting up these double digit days without touchdowns I said you know what I need I need somebody like this with a the safe floor who can just give me points every week
0: absolutely all right so my safe pick he plays against Cincinnati this week uh he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He plays wide receiver, and it's not Calvin Ridley. It's Christian Kirk. He is. He does have some single-digit performances this week, uh, not this week, this year. One was against Pittsburgh. One, one, one was against Tennessee. But he's, for the most part, this season has at least given you, except for one game uh, since week one, six targets per game at the least and he's gotten double digit targets in three of those games he's usually uh, around four to six receptions a game for the most part and he doesn't get in the end zone just like michael Pittman. and for the most part you know he'll give you your double digits and with receptions and and things like that i think actually christian kirk is one of the safest picks in all football going into this week he's playing against cincinnati who don't scare you and you know Cincinnati has played tough defense on some opponents this year but the time of possession if you saw that Cincinnati offense last week it was not that impressive and they were playing against Pittsburgh so I think Jacksonville is going to have a lot of run it feels like Trevor Lawrence is, finding, is finally finding his groove this late and thank is-
1: me for that <laughs> and once I dropped Trevor Lawrence from my team mm-hmm. he decided to pick it up and say hey check this out and
0: you know what? I'm gonna. This might be an off season discussion, but Trevor Lawrence might be one of those players that you're like, maybe I don't draft next year, but like I keep an eye on to pick him up around week ten, because around week uh, eleven or so he's gonna just go off. <laughs> you know, like. Well, yeah. yeah, Christian Kirk, I expect him to get you know you a safe ten to twelve points this week, and there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, just to kind of put some more perspective though on it. Obviously, this week they play Cincinnati. That's not a scary matchup, but. Three of the next four games, and this is including the fantasy playoffs, <clears throat> they're going to play Cleveland, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. So other than Tampa Bay, those other three teams are pretty good against the pass. Um, So, I mean, that's something to to consider. If you can sell high on him for another wide receiver, you know, one, a low-end wide receiver one, maybe a package deal for a wide receiver two, that's something to look at as well.
0: Absolutely. Do you want me to give you my lower expectations pick while I'm here?
1: Yeah, let's hit us with the lower. Lower your expectations on this guy right here. You heard it first here.
0: Who is it, Brian? So this one's going to hurt a little bit. He has a tough matchup against the Cleveland Browns this week, and a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens the week after. I'm going with Cooper Cup. He is someone that you would consider to be one of the safest picks, at least in the NFL. A lot of people picked him in the first round. He has single digits in all his weeks going back to week seven. I know he's still with some injuries. He's missed a game and stuff like that. But he has Matthew Stafford back. It was one thing when they had basically a practice squad guy in the back. But they have Matthew Stafford back, and he's still struggling. And I've noticed when Cooper Cup is struggling, the rest of the offense, passing wise, is struggling. Now you have Tyler Higby getting touchdowns. Puka's not being able to get the points he deserves. But you know, and now that they have Kyron Williams back, they can now open up the running game a little bit, and maybe there'll be some play action. But you know, you have a tough matchup against the Cleveland Browns. You have a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens next week. Cooper Cup stock, unless he shows something this week, you got to lower those expectations. And so he's one of those players that, you know, you'd kind of feel weird benching, but maybe you have to consider it. If you still have a trade deadline in your league approaching, maybe sell him. You might be able to get some useful players in return. But yeah, lower your expectations on Cooper Cup. Who are you lowering your expectations on?
1: I think that's a good call. I think in the preseason or before the season started, we kind of were already worried about him going in with that hamstring injury mm-hmm. and that i think that hamstring injury has really just totally taken him out this season he's had like two or three good games but for drafting them in the first you know couple rounds i just you didn't get your money's worth absolutely not <clears throat> my lower expectation is somebody who has actually surprised me this year even though we were high on him at the beginning of the season and you know, we were like, Oh yeah, he could be a, a top, you know, a top ten, top twelve at his at his position. Um, is quarterback for the Washington Commanders, Sam Howell.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think you need to lower expectations. This week he goes up against Miami. You're not too worried about that matchup. They're gonna sling it around. But then they go <clears throat> they go in a bye in week fourteen, and then you get into the fantasy playoffs, they have the Rams, the Jets the Niners. That's a tough mm-hmm. schedule. Even the Rams aren't pushovers. They've been showing that they can defend the pass as of late. So, I if you're going in with Sam Hell as your quarterback, I hate to say it, but I don't think he's a he's a league winner this year. Mm-hmm. He's got a tough schedule coming up. He might be able to pull off, you know, a magical outing this week against Miami because he's going to have to to keep up with the, you know, that dynamic offense, but after that, I just don't. I don't see it in the cards for him to, to pull out. You know these twenty-two plus point games against these last three opponents.
0: No, yeah, you're right. That's actually a good pick. I was thinking about picking it myself as well, because he. I don't think he's going to finish the season in the top ten if he with the with the juggernaut teams he's going to have to play the end of the season off.
1: And if he does go out there and he surprises us and he puts up, you know, 25-plus fantasy points against these teams, then, hey, I I think you're looking at a top-10 quarterback next year. Mm -hmm. And he's probably going to be, you know, he's going to be what Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be this year. You had high hopes for him. You were mm -hmm. excited. He was getting drafted as, like, QB 5 or 6. That'll be Sam Hell next year if he can— you know, put up those numbers against these teams, something that they're off there.
0: And I'll I'll just kind of like, just for anyone who has somehow, you're a little bit worried. He did put 18 points up against the Cowboys. He threw 300 yards, only threw one interception. He needed, if he threw a touchdown, he would have been 20 plus points, right? Then, you know, he's been putting up basically around 300 yards a game. He's been in the 200s. He's only had one game this year where he threw 151 yards but he threw 3 touchdowns in that game and that was against Atlanta. He did have a uh, two he did have a 30-point game against Philadelphia, which is impressive. Uh 25 points against Seattle, which is pretty impressive. 26 against Chicago, which is, you know, that's kind of like whatever. But uh and then he did have a really good game against Denver, but that was before Denver was good. So I wouldn't like be worried but yeah, like I said, he's not going to win you any leagues. Hopefully, you have enough skilled players around him to win your league. <laughs> but yeah, I
1: don't want to discredit those numbers, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to like feel good when it's just divisional matchups because I feel like divisional matchups you're a little bit better prepared. You know your opponent. You know it's it's a it's a hard fought match. I think when you go into these, you know, out of division games like. You know, you're playing the Rams, you're playing the Jets, you're playing San Francisco. Those aren't teams that you're playing all the time. You know, I think I think you, he'll he'll struggle a little bit with those. And, hey, I could be totally wrong, you know, and, and at the end of the year, you know, egg on my face. But. No, you're
0: right. But I say if Sam Howell's your starting quarterback, which I do have Sam, Sam Howell starting in some of my leagues, if you have an opportunity to improve that, I think you should try. Oh yeah, improve yeah it yeah like good. like don't feel like you're good. I guess <laughs> you know like I agree with you. don't feel like you're set. Yeah I agree with you. Do you have a By mageddon spot start this week? So you normally wouldn't start, but you're starting this week because basically the half the league is on a bye week.
1: <laughs> My By mageddon and actually it was just somebody that, um. It was just somebody that I said, you know what, like the cards are all in their favor. They've proven already that they can do it. They've done it. My spot start is Zach Moss. Okay. Running back of the Indianapolis Colts. Because Jonathan Taylor is doubtful. You know, they're going up, I believe, against uh if I'm not mistaken, I know I just said who they're going up against. This week they're going up against Tennessee. Last time they played Tennessee, Zach Moss ripped them apart. Zach Moss is my spot start of the week for Biomageddon 2.0.
0: All right. I like it. I think that's that's, not only is that a spot start, that's a safe spot start. Even if somehow there's a miracle, because I do believe Jonathan Taylor is going to be out for about two to three weeks, that Jonathan Taylor plays. I still think Zach Moss getting some run in this game is going to, I do do think he could be a decent flex play, even if Jonathan Taylor starts. Hmm. But uh, I don't expect that to happen. I expect Zach Moss to get the full load, and yes. My buy again spot start, someone who I consider was a bust a week ago, And he probably still will, but it's funny because I had him on my roster. He's been sitting on my bench for weeks, and today I was doing that thing, you know, when it's fresh week and you start moving players from your bench to your starting lineup. I took all my Ravens players and my Vikings players down, and I moved this guy up, and he's now got a new offensive coordinator for the rest of the year. I'm going with George Pickens. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I read, I read a, a headline last week that you know they're gonna try to get Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle. <laughs> they're gonna try to get Jalen Warren and George Pickens, the Rockmore, because they feel like the Matt Canada era did not do that. I don't know. You still got to have Pickett find the people, but it's fine. I I'm going to George Pickens to go. You know what? This is this is it for me. This is it. If he goes out there, they're playing against the Arizona Cardinals. They don't scare anybody. They're gonna play hard, but they don't scare anybody. I'm I, if if George pick, if George Pickens could go out there and have a decent game, I might reconsider my stance on him for the rest of the season. But outside of that, it ain't happening. He's starting because he has to. He's a decent spot start, though. You never know what could happen. And yeah. That's a good spot start.
1: George Pickens has so much talent. I don't understand why they didn't get him the ball more. Um, he does pout like a child, but he I think he has the potential to be, you know, a top twenty wide receiver if given enough opportunities.
0: He is he has not gone double digit since week seven.
1: Yeah. How many targets has he gotten per game? Like an average, just by looking at his stats. So,
0: from week seven, he's getting about five targets per game.
1: Yeah, that's that's not enough. He's got to get at least eight.
0: In his games where he's gone double digits this season, he's gone at least ten. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sounds about right. He's talented.
0: There was one game where he only got eight, and he got 14 points. Actually, I'll take that back. But in his 20-point games this season, he had at least ten targets. He's got that big playability. He's the type of guy that could be quiet all game, and all of a sudden, you have fourteen points on your board because he got you like a seventy-something yard touchdown, right? So it's just one of those things where it's just like I eventually got tired of it, but it's
1: support. He's a poor man's Gabe Davis.
0: There you go. That's how I see it. So, like you said, he's got a bunch of talent. Maybe the Steelers will get a different quarterback next season and figure this out. But until then. He's a by and spot start. All right. You heard it here first.
1: All right. Well, that concludes our uh, high ceiling, low floor, and lower expectations. Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on X?
0: You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. You know, please give us a follow. That's where we drop our podcasts every week comment let us know how we're doing repost i said repost is actually repost not retweet anymore and you can find our podcasts wherever you find your podcasts whether it's google whether it's spotify you know maybe it's apple Podcasts, or it's just on your desktop you know, please subscribe. Please rate it. Please let us know how we're doing. It could be good or bad. We just love the feedback. You know, some people li- like listen to bad takes in fantasy football. Some people like listen to good takes. You know, it's not. We're probably the only fantasy football podcast, and maybe even the only podcast that said that the Houston Texans were going to be a juggernaut this week, uh, this year in the AFC South. And you know what? Stephen was bold enough to say the Green Bay Packers were going to beat the Lions. You know, That's this is this is where you hear it. So. You know, we appreciate everyone who's been listening, you know, because you could be listening to any other fantasy football podcast, but you choose to listen to us. We like, we appreciate that.
1: Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Like Brian said, and I'm going to say it again, like, share, repost, tell your friends, you know, we're, we're reaching the end of this season here. Season one of the OT fantasy football podcast. So far it's been a doozy. I enjoy being here every week with you guys. Uh, Like I say always, we're not uh, fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to get you ready to make the playoffs. I'm Steven, that's Brian, and we'll see you guys next time.